Hi, I'm Anika Allen and welcome to the Black Magic Podcast. Welcome to the Magic. This is a podcast where we talk to brilliant and resilient British black women and you're going to get to hear their journeys. And so today I'm excited to have two women, gorgeous, talented, both in the music industry, <laughs> but from different parts of the music industry. So we have Yasmin Evans and Paige Keiki. So guys, give us a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah, so this is the second time we've gone live with um, the Black Magic podcast. Um, usually, you know, we're just in a studio, so it's amazing to have this audience here and getting to hear your yeah. story in person. So, Yasmin, let's just kick start with, mm-hmm. just kind of tell us what you do, like, for people that don't know what you do, like, tell us a bit about um, So I'm a, a TV and radio presenter, broadcaster, DJ, um, m- many different labels, I feel like you just say for someone who talks for a living, <laughs> chats S. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from Manchester, it's probably why I've got a funny accent to some people that are listening. Not funny, <laughs> not at all. No, just fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I'd be, I work at One Extra, I do a show Monday to Friday, one till four, um, I have been at One Extra for about seven years now, yeah. and that was my first job in the media, wow. um, in the industry. Before that, I was a, a trained florist, and I spray tanned bodybuilders. Spray her bodybuilding. Yeah. How did you get yeah. into that? Um, th- to be honest, that was just m- me getting some extra change that yeah. was tax free. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should say uh, that. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, it was. Um, I was just really into kind of like art. This is crazy, but I could sculpture people's bodies so they had a six pack, and I was the only person that did it in my area. So, so, so they were winning really, but they didn't really have the six pack. You just made it look like they had a yeah. six pack. Yeah. And so good to know. So, so when I when I decided to get married one day, when a man asked me to marry him, you can come into the flowers at my wedding, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm qualified. Hint, 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 hint. Yeah, I am a qualified florist. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy to do that for you. So qualified florist, hey, <laughs> so lady of many talents. Yeah. <laughs> and Paige, what about you? Um, I'm a rapper, singer, actress. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I've done a lot of like not a lot I've done a few films um, a lot of people probably recognise me because I used to be in um, Waterloo Road which was on BBC um, I got a lot of music online and yeah in my spare time I love cooking planting is my favourite food just put up it out there <laughs> <laughs> competition she said planting is my life I was like no no it it's is. my life no, it's like, my no life. it's mine <laughs> well I, actually I do love planting too we've been yeah. e- we've, before we kick started today we were eating planting tarts yeah, yeah. shout out to tarts oh yeah, my so. god didn't even know they existed <laughs> no, no no we know and everybody else knows yeah. planting tarts <laughs> so Yasmin before you kind of started in the media mm-hmm. industry is this is this the area that you always knew you wanted to work in um i'd have been a dj on a community station i say community it was like i did pirate radio in yeah. manchester um and then i worked for a community radio station just to help people um sort of a- around the area where i lived i did a lot of volunteer work and i worked with people with disability with cerebral palsy down syndrome um learning difficulties um throughout all ages from about 17, 18, all the way through to about 60 years of age. Um, My mum's a social worker and an artist, so I just got that from her. I did a lot of volunteering. I did um, music therapy with them. And then from that, I got really into music. So I was kind of like just their go-to like you know the tune so bring your cds and bring your vinyl and i'd bring like my massive crates and just kind of play music for them and they would absolutely love it and then i took that to radio where um a friend of mine 
did a disability awareness show and um, I just had like a little segment in that and I would play like loads of vinyl records like George Benson and Luther Vandross kind of like into really old school soul music and then Mm. from that um, yeah and then I went to study it at university just to kind of like I just realised that I was... I'm always the type of person, I don't know about anyone else, but I tried everything. Singing, dancing, guitar, <laughs> ballet, running, <laughs> athletics, gymnastics, and I, like, I was good until I got bored. <laughs> that was just boring to me, but like, music was never, ever boring. Um, so then when it turned into a hobby, I was like, this is interesting. Mm. What can I do with this? Took it to radio. Hated the sound of my own voice. Like, I still hate it to this day. Like, even hearing it in this room right now is annoying. Um, and... <laughs> So, yes, I would speak less on the show and just yeah. do, like, mixes and stuff. And then that's how I got into a bit of DJing. And then um, someone spotted me. That was a producer who lived in London. And she spotted me on social media, on Twitter. And um, it literally just happened overnight. It felt like it was in, like, a few months. Wow. That I was just moving to London. My life changed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. Well, obviously, you were carving your craft and you caught the attention. Yeah, so that without was... knowing it, I feel mm. like I was really putting in the work. So, yeah. like... Although I might say it happened just overnight, but it took like 10 years of me doing it to really kind of perfect my craft. And I'm I'm still kind of doing it now, if I'm honest. (laughs) Nice. Peggy, so acting and music, kind of, you've been able to do both. I mean, how did you make that happen? I don't know how I made it happen, but I made it happen. Um, Do you know what? I got into acting just through like, taking an opportunity and going without friends so mm. I was I'm from Hackney so I was doing like a little two-week project in Hackney um with Family Mosaic which is a housing association and it was literally just perfor- um, performing arts like yeah. dancing singing acting and while I was rehearsing for this little piece some casting director came in she'd come up to me and my friends and she's like you lot are talented why don't you come down to my little workshop so we was all like yeah 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 my friends let me down on a day so I went not knowing that I was actually auditioning for Attack mm. the Block and then that's how I got a part in the film and then from there I was like yep I want to do acting and plus I was doing music as well as a hobby yeah. started putting music out on the internet and started like gaining a little fan base through Facebook just through like sharing my video on Facebook and yeah and then it kind of clashed because then I got a part in Waterloo Road yeah. and I had to move to Glasgow for six months so I had to like move out didn't know how to cook didn't have to do anything so <laughs> it was just a bit of a Mad one. And um, there was no studios that I knew in Glasgow, so I kind of put the music on hold and just focused on nice. acting. Yeah, so I just had to balance it. So how old were you then when you had to move <coughs> kind of to Glasgow you know, by yourself to take part? <laughs> this is embarrassing. I was 19 and I couldn't cook when I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> I <can> cook now. <laughs> but yeah, I was 19, but I feel like it was good that I yeah. had to move out because I was never interested in doing anything else but just being lazy and... Mm doing music and watching TV and stuff. So I feel like moving out and getting my own apartment and living somewhere where I didn't know no one, it really taught me like life skills and how to cook, how to talk to people, how to make new friends, communicate, socialise. So, yeah. And it just goes to show, you know, your friends were supposed to come there with yeah, you. and they didn't and they, come. And they didn't come. So, mm-hmm. you know, I bet they were like, peed lower, like, oh my God, that could have been me. Because it yeah. could have been them, but they didn't turn up. Yep. So it just shows you show up for a situation mm-hmm. and you don't know what might come from that. Yeah. And you were in Waterloo Road. So, so how we've... So, the acting's one side of things, but yeah. with the music, the kind of music you do, you class it as grime? Um, I say I'm more of a rapper. You're more of a rapper, yeah. so you'd say more of a rapper. Yeah. So why why rapping outside of any other kind of form of music? 
Um, I think it's because I just grew up listening to rap and my parents like played a lot of music. My mum used to, she, I wouldn't say she used to sing, but she made a few recordings on tape. Mm. Um, my dad, he thinks he can sing, but it's just like, <laughs> I've just been around like a lot of music growing up. My grandparents were playing reggae and stuff, mm. so I just wanted to do music and I wanted to do rap because I grew up listening to like a lot of American music, so... Yeah. Tupac, Biggie, um, Missy Elliott. I didn't really listen too much to UK music. Maybe Miss Dynamite and So Solid Crew. But that was probably about it. I was more on the American side. So that's why I think I was more into rap rather than grime. Yeah. So, um, so with both of what you do, you know, in the media industry, you know, there's a lot of people that I've met that have had kind of mentors or someone that's kind of looked out for them and guided their career and helped them. Have, have any of you guys had anyone that you could say has been kind of instrumental in kind of helping you get ahead or um, mentoring you? Do you know what? I, get, I don't know about you. I get asked this question a lot. Like, who's your inspiration or who do you look to? And um, I don't know. There has been a lot of people that I feel like I can credit for you know, mm. paving the way yeah. for, for, for me coming afterwards. I, I really feel like the person that's given me the most advice and taught me a lot is someone that's not even in the industry and that's my mum. Yeah. Um, she really taught me a lot. Um, I have a great team of people behind me that are family members rather than people in the industry. I'm very, okay, nice. I am very blessed though that at One Extra, you've got the likes of like Trevor Nelson and uh, producers that have been there since the birth of One Extra that yeah. know the ins and outs of how radio works and some really, really talented people. So in terms of like how to be and how to know how radio is structured, yeah. then I feel like I've got Wiki Producer. I've got an amazing producer called Leanne who is just so on it. Um, I don't know, I take from a lot of people. I don't know if I've ever had a mentor. But I'm, I'm like, Paige, I'm just like, I'm such an introvert. Yeah. I don't really like, and I really, I'm so stubborn. I prefer to learn from myself. Mm. I don't want to be making mistakes yeah. constantly, but I would rather make this mistakes so that I learn the way that I should learn yeah. rather okay. than taking someone else's advice and doing it the way that they would do it. Yeah. Um, I think the, the one person that that made me just love radio was Trevor Nelson. So I normally just I just say Trevor. Really. <laughs> but he's the, he's the worst mentor to have, by the way. Because Trev, Trevor's just like Trevor is is like to be fair, he's been iconic yeah. for years. And in terms of a black man representing black culture and being on mainstream TV and having his, his own TV show. Mm -hmm. He wasn't no one's co-host. He wasn't a sidekick. That was his, the, the lick on MTV was his thing. Yeah. And he was really representing, like you were saying earlier, UK, black UK, mm. in the best way possible. So, um, you know, he's amazing. Yeah. But when it comes to like him as like a mate, that gives you <laughs> advice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever take advice from Trevor <laughs> Nelson because he will just, he was like, yeah, yeah, go for it. And then when, it all hits the fan. He's like, I didn't tell you to do that. Like, yes, you did. Okay, good <laughs> advice. Think, yeah, you all don't, know, go don't, don't go to Trevor. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're both in an industry where, you know, looks uh, play a big part within, within music and the media industry. I mean, have you ever felt pressured to kind of look a certain way? I mean, how do you deal with, deal with um, the kind of pressure behind, you know, your image and things within the industry? Hmm. It's pressure. It's definitely pressure. I mean, like what I do as well because it's like it's all visual so mm. people want to hear the music but they also want to see what you look like and yeah. 
just like a stereotypical view of like people want to see a female rapper look sexy and breast out you know like a little kim nikki but that's not me and mm. I just can't fit myself into that box because that's not me and I don't want to be someone that I'm not. I'm very tomboy and I've always been like this and I've never tried to look like that. I've, like, it's hard because it's a pressure and even like when I go to like photo shoots and stuff, there'll be a rail hanging and it will have all these bralettes and all these like t- tight little bras and I'm just like, that's not me, like, I can't yeah. do it. I know that's what you want me to look like, but I can't do it. But it's a lot of pressure, but... But have you ever felt that um, so you, you can't do it? But is, is there any time where you've ever gone, oh, you've, you've just done it, or have you always stuck to your guns? No, I've, like? I've actually done it. <laughs> like, there, um, there was a music video that used to be on YouTube when mm. I was with um, Always Recording. Okay. And um, it's been taken down now. I took it down because it just wasn't me, and mm. I was kind of all dressed sexy. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just didn't like the song, didn't like anything. And I, I was kind of just going with the flow. I was finding myself, and I didn't have a voice, and I didn't know how to say, I'm not comfortable with this so I just kind of went along with it and I wasn't happy with it so what would you say to kind of any artist that's like listening that you know trying to come up in the industry and being pressured to do something they're not comfortable with or look a certain way what advice would you give to them I'd always just say speak up you're not going to be seen as being a diva you're going to be seen as that person with a voice so speak up use your voice and if you're not happy or comfortable with looking a certain way or trying to fit in don't do it do Mm. what you want to do yeah stand out don't fit in yes good (laughs) good advice and as a dj i remember there was a time i don't feel like it's happened so much today but there was a time when all the djs that people seem to want to book in the clubs were the ones that were like wearing the kind of sexy um sexy bras in practically no clothes we're still in that time are we still in that time okay (laughs) (laughs) well half of them can't even dj just just saying but they look good so so how do you feel about that when you're um well, yeah, because in a such a male-dominated industry, mm. um, it's really hard for a, for a woman to speak up because you don't want to be seen as the one that has an attitude problem, yeah. or yeah. you don't want to see like a diva. You don't want to see like that angry black woman. Oh, she's speaking up again. Like it's like no, no, because I have a voice. I don't yeah. know if you, I don't know if you knew <laughs> that, but um, yeah, I mean, you, it, it's it's there and. Um, the, the best way to change it and the best way to stand up for it is not to conform to it yeah. because you, if you try and argue it or you try and battle it you'll, you'll always be arguing and you, you just feel like you're talking to a, a, a brick wall because the people who are booking those females more, more often than not are men yeah men that want to sell their club or mm. sell their bottles or sell their this and that and they're, they're you know they're walking around in their suit and stuff like that like you know a, a, a promoter lifestyle is it's all about image yeah it, that is the club scene so when you are a, a dj in a club and if you're a female you you are going to have like the long hair and the bralettes and mm. and things like that and um yeah i think if you if you try and if we're, if we're trying to bring that down, we need to just own who we are. Yeah. And the thing is with me, that I'm, 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 I've always been quite a confident person in that I know what I do is good. Mm. Um, so I don't ever need to battle anyone else, especially no other woman. Like, if you want to be the, the girl, the trophy up there, then you be that. But I know that my trophy is gleaming, like <laughs> shining, because I know that I'm very talented. So, you know, there is a, I think there's a lot of competition um, in the industry, especially with women yeah um it's it's quite difficult um 
So yeah, you come across that all the time. We're still in that. So how do you deal with the comp- that, 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 that kind of competition element? Just be myself. Mm. I don't really feel like I need to argue with anything. I just rep who I am and what I represent yeah. as, a, as a human being, as a broadcaster, as a DJ. Um, I, I just, I, I never take things. I mean, it's hard to say that you never take things to heart, actually. Yeah. Let me not lie. Because you do. Like, there's, there's things I'll be looking at people and I'm like, oh, she's got great skin. Or mm. if I have, like, an artist coming to the studio, I'm like, they look amazing. And I catch myself chatting to them on the camera. I'm like, I look like horse shit. <laughs> um, not at all. Like, so, yeah, you have your moments. Like, yeah, you have your insecure moments. And, and there's, there's things that, you, you just can't change about yourself that like you are you and I think sometimes I always feel like if you put in out that negative vibe that your 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 body and everything reacts to it yeah. definitely so like because you're putting that energy out there like that poison um and it's only going to come back to you so the way I deal with it is just to kind of like just click my fingers and actually just have a moment Yasmin mm-hmm. just remember who you are and how you're at this one point and you could have been a florist still <laughs> do you know what I mean which I, I did love the florist but um, yeah so to have my off days I just deal with it as, as the best way that I can yeah. no I agree I mean I think that you know I think if we all just dealt with each other with you know kindness love and just kind of supporting each other I'm yeah. very big on women supporting women mm-hmm. then you know I think the industry would be a much better place and I yeah. think I think it is happening more and I'm seeing more women kind of working together and coming together to do things yeah. so you know it's people like us that can help you know pave the way and connect people to do to do more yeah. of that I'm, I mean, yeah I'm, I'm feeling that a lot yeah. I mean in the age of social media as well like how do you feel about having to be, be so accessible to people online I mean Paige you're always on like snap <laughs> and instagram like she's like the queen <laughs> of it um, <laughs> of, of, so but do you feel like you always have to be on and how do you feel being so kind of just you know available to people um, when you put yourself out there, you know that you're always going to get opinions. Mm. And that's one thing today I could say, oh, I just, I just brush it off, but I don't. Sometimes things do get to me, and that's one thing I don't like about being so accessible mm. and being so much in the public eye. Like, I feel, I get a lot of anxiety just from, like, going to events, like, meeting people, because I always feel like people have their perception of me and they believe they know me when they don't know me and they always, like, I get a lot of people saying you think you're too nice and stuff like that. And that gets to me, because it's like, you don't even Mm. know me. Like, give me a chance. But it's things like that. Like, Mm. I literally, like, go through this every single day. Like, just walking out my house, I always feel, like, a certain way when people walk past me and I know they notice me and stuff and um but then there's a lot of positives to social media as well and just being accessible on the net like I feel like I get a lot of opportunities like booking shows Mm. just a lot of things I network with a lot of people I meet a lot of people on the internet I make a lot of friends on the internet so yeah I feel like it is great but there is a lot of negatives as well but how do you deal with the anxiety of it all (laughs) <laughs> I take CBD oil. I mean, so serious, but um, <laughs> I just—it's natural as well. So I'm Holland and Barris, it's natural. But yeah, no, on the reels, I literally just relax and I just 
meditate every day. I yeah. meditate, I drink a lot of water and I try and keep a balanced lifestyle. I don't like to feed into negativity. If I see something negative, someone says something negative to me, I just block it. I don't even entertain it. I used to entertain it, yeah. but then what's the point? So nowadays I just block it and I don't let it enter my life. Yeah, what about you? Mm. Um, I, I I always cling on to the fact that I'm not from here. <laughs> no, I'm not an alien. I'm not like I'm not yeah. good at all. Like, but um, I I have only been in the industry for about six and seven years, and mm. I'm um, I really hold on to the fact that I'm still learning. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of a lot of the people that I bump into, like all these people that I know, have known each other for years. Like especially, I feel like London is so small. Like mm. I come from Manchester, and I thought it was small, and people knew your business here. And now I'm like, I come here, and I'm like, this is crazy because the, it's it's so thriving here. Mm. So like everyone's becoming famous. I'm like looking, I'm like that person, I'm pretty sure that person used to work at my local, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, now they're doing, so I think that the, the energy is, is such a high here that people yeah. are feeling so creative and things like that. Like, you know, that you've got so many people popping up and, and, and do you know what? That's amazing. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I keep myself very far removed from it. Um, like these, these are all new people to me. Um, I didn't know these people before. So, and I'm, I'm very, I don't throw the, word friend around very easily like I'm quite particular when I moved here I moved and I knew no one like and I have never been so alone in my entire life and I felt so lost like I really really felt like I knew who I was and then I came here and I was like what is this yeah this is all new I don't know who you are I don't know who I am this is a new thing for me um and um I had like a wobble and I started to make loads of friends because I was like, I need to just yeah, get, yeah. put myself out there. Otherwise I'll just be a hermit and I'll never speak to anyone. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, I got bumped a few times. I made relationships that I thought were going to be friendships that I would have forever, especially because I was a little bit older as well. Um, and yeah, it, friendships break down, things happen, you outgrow certain situations or you just have a, complete 180 and you realize that you're a different person to who you are Mm. and then you start attracting different things the way i deal with it is i just i just continue i make just make sure i'm happy yeah exactly like sometimes you know you could imagine if you got like an offer to do like a gig or a show or something and and the money was amazing yeah but at the same time you're meant to go back home and just see your family sometimes i go home and see my family like I just put the job on a on a back burner. Well, I think that's important because you know you know it's the memories and the people mm. that are in our lives that's most important. Yeah. I think you know, you know there'll always be another event. There'll always be exactly. you'll always make money if you're good at if you've got your talent and you're hardworking. You'll yeah. always make money, but you know family and friends you don't know what's around the corner so it's family about that. and friends and CBD oil. That <laughs> <laughs> um so speaking of um kind of like social media one of the things we've seen on social media is your hair journey yeah. so you know in the beginning so you mentioned that you had traction alopecia yeah yeah and so when did i mean how did you feel when you first um when it first started happening with your hair it was happening from college but it's just mm. something that i hid literally every day i use like mascara and I feel like it was a pressure because all my friends had lovely hair. Yeah. So everyone had nice hair. Or if someone didn't have nice hair, they had a nice weave. Everyone just had their stuff together. Mm. And I thought I was the only one going through this. And then I was just thinking, I'm way too young. Like, I'm in college. And I'm losing the whole side of my right side of my hair. And a little bit on the left. So I just thought, no, nah, I can't. 
I can't let no one know this. I didn't yeah. even let my parents know. So oh, I wow. literally every single day, mascara, mascara. I used to, I used to spend like half an hour in the in the morning just getting mascara, getting another mirror, trying to cover the bald patches so no one could see it, thinking that I was the only one in the world going through this, mm. and thinking I'll never get it fixed because I don't have the money and. It went on for so long that I just got used to it. It was a, it was a routine. Yeah. Uh, it weren't even a, all right, it's going to take me an extra 30 minutes to get ready. It was just a routine. I knew how long it took me to get ready. I knew what to do, when to go on holiday, when to go underwater, when not to go underwater. Mm-hmm. Like, I will only go underwater if I'm about to go to my hotel. Yeah. Like, my hotel rooms, and then I can quickly fix my hair. I would only do certain hairstyles. Um, a lot of people saw me doing cane rows, but what they didn't know is... This camera was swinging in the air. It wasn't Mm-mm. held down to no hair. It was literally just on scalp. Yeah. But I used to make it look like I had everything together because I was just, it was the pressures. I was yeah. just trying to fit in. And I felt like I've got so many people looking up to me and so many people com- like complimenting me like, oh, your hair is beautiful. But it wasn't beautiful. It was falling apart. And so there was only one step to get a hair transplant. And Honestly, I wasn't going to tell anyone I got a hair transplant because in my mind, I thought I could get a hair transplant and then the day after I can wear a wig. (laughs) What I didn't know is you cannot wear a wig for at least a month and a half, two months. So I just thought, you know what, let me just be honest about my situation and Mm. tell people what I'm going through. And hopefully someone might be in the same boat and I might be able to help someone. So I just posted it on Instagram, not knowing that so many people was really going to take note and message me and send me photos of them going through similar things. And yeah, it was just crazy. Even today, I'm still getting messages and it's just crazy. That was the the biggest thing I've ever done and yeah. like the most at peace I've ever felt in myself because that was like the biggest lie I was holding in. Like it was horrible feeling like that every single day. And as a female as well, it's like your hair is everything. Like if someone come to you right now with a shaver and shaved all your hair off, you'd feel lost. Like you'd feel like you don't know yourself and you wouldn't be confident to walk on the street. And so I feel like hair, I feel like hair like defines people. Yeah. It's sad that it does, but I feel like hair defines people. And I let my hair define me. And I realized when I cut all my hair off, I'm still beautiful without the hair and I've learned to embrace not having hair because I actually had no hair on my ha- on my head <laughs> to now having this short hairstyle which I do love I don't even know if I want to grow my hair now because I'm happy and I'm very content with short hair amazing <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> but it just shows how kind of being a being, being in your truth and letting yeah. the world know and being and being comfortable with you, mm-hmm. the effect that it's had and it's been yeah. an amazing thing. I mean, did you tell your? Obviously, you were doing that to your head, but did you tell? Did your friends know? Were you able to be <laughs> honest and have you know your you know your day ones know what? Yeah. Were you going so about probably about five of my main friends knew why mm. I went why I travelled to Turkey to get a hair transplant, but a lot of people didn't know. A lot of my other friends didn't know until I got back and mm. I put what I put on social media. And my family. My dad didn't even know I went. I just, yeah. I just wasn't confident to even tell my dad and, like, my aunts and my nan. So I literally just told my mum and a few of my close friends, and that was it. So what did your dad say when he found out? He was like, I'm so sorry that you went through this by yourself. He just mm. kept apologising because he wanted to be there for me. He would have come with me, but I kind of pushed everyone away because I felt like I could do this by myself. And I thought I was the only person going through it, so I didn't want to tell anybody about what I was going through yeah yeah amazing well thank you for being honest and showing that because I think it's helped a lot of people yeah 
And one of the other things that's been kind of big on social media lately is kind of the whole talk around kind of like colorism and shadism and things. And so do you kind of, do you think being in the music industry and looking like you look, do you think you've benefited from shadism in any way? Um, I was having a conversation the other day and I said, um, we were talking about it, one extra on, Mm. one extra talks. And I said, like, I'm not um, oblivious to the fact that as a mixed race person that I, I, I've benefited from my my skin colour in in a way that some of my peers and some black females haven't, Mm. darker skinned black females. Um, And I think that's really important that if you go through that and if you have that privilege that you need to understand Mm. that and you need to know. Um, I've definitely come across jobs where I have not got it because of probably the way I look and I've been in situations where someone's told me to change my hairstyle because I mean this is I've got it in braids now but I've got curly I've got a huge afro when it's out and I like to play with it I like to have it natural Uh, sometimes I wake up and I just don't do don't touch it like it's Mm -hmm. fine and I've been in situations where someone said like oh like why don't you just your your hair's funky (laughs) or like or that your hair's that's fun. Like, I'm like, what are you trying to say? Like, yeah. what are you trying to say? Yeah. Even when I put braids in, <laughs> I put braids in, and someone said to me like, "Oh, you look like a spider." <laughs> a spider. Wow. I was like, okay. And then someone else went, oh, loving your hairstyle. It's very Jar Rastafari. I was oh like, God. they're plaits. Yeah. They're not locks. Like, and yeah. are you all right? You are you all, all right? Yeah. Uh, like, I just, <laughs> yeah, I've just been in so many situations and I just, just, I don't even know sometimes how we have the patience to deal with these people. And yeah, in certain situations, sorry to answer your question is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that in, in particular parts of the industry that I, I probably have benefited in certain situations compared to another um, black female. And, but there's definitely been moments where I feel like I've been suppressed because of my hair. My spider's legs. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, what about you? Yeah. yeah, I agree about being... I feel oblivious, but I don't feel oblivious. I know it goes on. Mm. And I've got a lot of um, friends in the, in the industry that are also black females, black males. And they say, like, I'm trying to think. I've had conversations in the past with other female rappers yeah. that are black. And they said things that I don't think I'm going to get anywhere because of the, the colour of my skin and this and that. And... I feel like I'm at this level and you're at this level because of this and that. And, yeah, I, I do see it. I'm not going to lie. And um, I've been in situations like that in acting as well. So I went for a job for a mixed race person. But yeah. when I went to the audition, it was all, like, olive skin white girls going for mixed race, mm. which I felt I thought that was weird because I was actually the only mixed race person there. And I, <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know who ended up getting a part, but it wasn't <laughs> was it me. You? It was one of those girls. So, yeah, so... <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's the industry that we're in. That's the industry. <laughs> um, both being um, mixed race, and everything, how do you how do you identify? Because you know, recently there was a lot in the media when kind of Meghan Markle was getting married, and um, you know, to talk about kind of the, the 
you know, the conflict of being called either mixed race or black. And I remember on Facebook, I wrote um, about her being mixed race. And another friend of mine that is mixed race got really upset with me because she was like, no, Anika, she is, she's a black woman. She's not. And she was mixed race as well, but she, she identifies as a black woman. Um, so how do, you, how do you identify? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm, not, like, I'm not ashamed to say that recently. I've just found, because I've been open to having more conversations, not even open, I want to have more conversations to understand it a lot more. Mm. Um, just exactly what you were saying. My mum's white, so, and my mum's a single parent. However, I have a, an amazing relationship with my dad's side of the family, although I don't have a relationship with my, my, my dad. Um, and my mum had made it very clear from the beginning that I grew up in a, a pro- predominantly white area. When I was in, yeah. in school, I was the only black person in that school. Wow. Um, I suffered a lot of racism growing up. Um, and my mum always said to me, like, As a, I'm your mum, and I will, I, I, try, I will try my best to make sure that you're all right. She was like, mm. I'm not going to understand where you're coming from because yeah. I'm, I'm white. So I've been very, I've known, I've been very educated, but having these conversations especially with what's coming out in the media and and, and working with black women in radio mm. um clara ampho and we have an amazing team of females black females that work at one extra and radio one i think it's about having the conversations yeah to make sure that you you know um and have in having those conversations i've found my identity a lot more okay um and although I identify as being mixed race and, and, and that goes back to what I was saying before because I know that I will have um, a privilege being yeah. a ma- mixed race person. I, I would say that I'm a black woman um, because I just, I've, I've grown up, yes, having a white mother, but my fam- all my family was black. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, that's just, I hold on to my culture so much. I'm of Caribbean, West Indian, Jamaican culture. Um, and, and that's, that's what runs through my veins. So, yeah. <laughs> Paige? Um, to be honest, I grew up with my dad's fa- like my dad's side of the family, which mm. is Jamaican, Montserratian. So I don't know my mum's family in it because they're very racist. So oh, wow. um, obviously I, I got my mum, but <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I got my mum, but my dad's family is my family. Like that yeah. is my only family. And when I'm with my family, I don't see colour like... None of my family is all, like says, oh, she's mixed race, it's, she's black. So on a serious note, in my family, I'm classed as black because I grew up with my dad's family. But I know I'm mixed race, but that's just how my family see me. So that's just how I've been brought up, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the racism you both experienced, how did you deal with that? Um, um, <laughs> I'm a little bit of a gobby one, so <laughs> I, I don't really take... Or I didn't really take it lying down. I think I got myself into many difficult situations um, growing up because I was very defensive. You know, my mum always told me, like, stand up for yourself. So for me, standing up for myself was literally standing up and just being like, if you've got something to say, say it, but not realising that if someone's going to box you in your face, <laughs> what are you going to do then? Um, yeah, I mean, 
it was, I find it really difficult growing up in my area because mm. there wasn't anyone who was going through it. And I honestly felt like I was the only one, but it made me kind of feel a bit like, because of the confidence that my mum gave me and the kind of swag that I had about it, I was like, well, obviously I'm the only one around here, so I must be special. Mm. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you can keep doing all of these name callings. And, and it was always from older people as well, mm. which was kind of scary, but at the same time, I just, for me, it just, they just look stupid. Yeah. Um, and my friends who I grew up with were, were majority of them were white and they always stood by me and they, you know, they understood that what they were saying was wrong. I don't think there was, I don't think there really is any way, right way to deal with it because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you need to stand up for yourself and you need to let people know yeah. because I, I ain't taking this lying down and especially because it's something that is always going to be here, mm. which makes it more upsetting. Exactly. Um, you know, there is always going to be racism in the world and that sucks. It really sucks. And sometimes you feel like because of that, well, I ain't going to shut up. Like, we've been shutting up. Mm. Like, you're not going to stand on my neck and I'm kind of, you're, you're screaming at me and I'm screaming and you're telling me to, like, simmer down. Like, no, I've got something to say about it. Get, your, get off me. Like, you will not suppress me anymore. So I think, I think yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not, I'm not saying violence. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying stand up. This cam- <laughs> just cameras on me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I never, I, ne- I never let it hit me hard. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it's just a, a certain situation. Even recently I had, it happened to me. Oh, wow. Um, and I was in, I was in Manchester and a group of men in the car just like, were driving past me and just started like doing monkey noises outside of the car but like at this time I'm just thinking really is that what we're doing and social media keyboard warriors like they love that they just love it it, it's a thing and I just honestly just I feel like they look stupid exactly they're the they're the immature and Mm. stupid ones because you know if they've got taken the time to do that and it's like no we're all we're all human we just happen to be have have beautiful melanin (laughs) melanin so you know People are jealous of it. Yeah. (laughs) And Paige, just your family dynamics, kind of, how did you deal with that growing up? Do you know what? I never had to deal with it, but, like, my mum's family wasn't happy that my mum had a baby with a black man, so Mm. they didn't accept me into the family, to be honest. And um, there was... My mum did tell me one day she tried to bring me to her family, and I had, like, little monkey teddies, because monkeys are my favourite, like, animal, and one of the family members made, like, a a horrible monkey gesture, basically, and, yeah, that was the end of it. She don't speak to none of her family. So, yeah. But I don't feel like I miss anything because I don't... I don't know them, so to me, I don't miss anything. I've got my family and... Yeah, yeah. you seem to have a... From from the videos I've seen on social media, you seem to have quite a close relationship with Yes, I'm very close with, like, my dad, my aunt, my Mm. nan. Like, I'm very, very close. Mm. If you could each give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Um, You better grow some tough skin yeah mine would be get up and do a bit more okay yeah too, too much sleeping and sleeping watching um TV. no do you know what it was i think i, I the fear of failure okay. um really can stop me from doing stuff because mm. i'm so easy like not not now but i used to be so easy to just not do something that was easy it's not doing it was easier than me doing it and failing yeah so if I've not gone and I've done it then 
you know, I can't disappoint anyone. Like, I'll just stop here. Like, because mm. if I go further, then at least I won't, you know, be like, flop and fail. So, yeah, I would just say my younger self, just do it. Just yeah. go and do more. I've always figured in those situations, what's the worst that can happen? You right. Just, just do it anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's I'm what you learning. need to do. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies. That thank was amazing. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. So... We're going to take a few questions from the audience mm-hmm. and let them have their say. So don't Wicked. be shy. This is, you know, your one-time chance to kind of get up close and get honest questions and answers from Yasmin Evans and Heiji Keiki. So don't be shy. So just put your hands up if you would like to it. ask something. They don't, as they say, they don't bite. So there's one, someone over there. You haven't got, lo- you haven't got long, so don't be shy. Okay. <laughs> is it on? Is it on? It's, it's yeah. on. This is for Heiji. Um, I thought you're, I commend you for talking about the kind of uh, traction alopecia that you were suffering because I meet so many women who've lost their hair to chemotherapy. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a real issue when you lose your hair. And I just wanted to say well done for putting that out there to all of us because we all have something that we're embarrassed about. So it's good to be able to hear that. And I didn't know that about you. Yeah. And I feel like that was a really, really big thing to do. Thank you. Mm. Oh. You're make me cry <laughs> See any more hands? Oh, it's quite um, it's quite a lot of lights here, so um, it's hard for me to. See. There's one here at no, the front. Hi, ladies. Hi. Really lovely hearing you tonight. Thank you. Um, in terms of um, pride, I was just thinking about you have both done lots and lots of different things, but what is the thing that you are most proud of thus far in terms of your career? Um. Oh, that's actually quite a difficult one. Because mm-hmm. I, um, do you know what? I will say this to a year and a half ago, I was the lowest of the low, and I just wanted to stop doing everything. My career, I just wanted to stop it. I wanted to move back home, and I wanted to just be with my family and my friends back home. And I was ready to just mm-hmm. finish it. I just didn't feel like it was for me, and I pushed through it. And it took me a year and a half to get to where I am today and I can honestly say hand on heart I have never been this happy in my whole entire life and I would stop doing everything that I do in terms of my work to still be this happy if it if it meant that it was going to sacrifice me at, at this point so I think that 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 is my my most amazing achievement about you I'll just say my best achievement is getting to where I've got to in life and in my career because I've had help I've had managers right now I'm self-managed but I just feel like I've always done it myself like everything you see I've done that myself um I'm very like bossy booze I want to control everything I'm very controlling so um that's why I just can never work in a situation of like when someone's telling me what to do so I just feel like I've got here because I've always wanted to get here and I I believe in like putting it out in the universe and making it happen and I believe I'm here because I saw myself here years years ago and now I'm here yeah so (laughs) any more hands someone over there while we're just waiting for the mic to get round so guys just remember if you're on social media use the hashtag black magic podcast so her music month (laughs) and at the black magic network Awesome. Next question. Hiya. Um, I was just wondering if you feel like you have 
like a responsibility to sort of set an example and be role models um, for the platform that you have and if so how do you do that or how do you want to do that further the term role model scares me so much I know yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like don't follow me um, it, it, do you know what to, to be given the title in, or is such an honour and to really feel like people are um, in, inspired by what you do is unreal. I could never, ever imagine that, like, ever. That is just so amazing, um, which is why I probably... Which was what, what I was saying... Hey, girl. Um, <laughs> what I was saying is before that I just... I, on, that, on that, I feel like the best way... The best thing for me to do is make sure that I'm happy no matter what and, and not make it all about what I'm doing and the industry and music and radio and all of this kind of stuff and as long as I'm representing myself in the best way possible and communicating that with other people when they ask me like how did you get into it I tell them my journey but I also at the same time I need to let them know that there's ups and downs what you go through in your mental health and in who you are uh, I think the, the the best thing for me to do is just let people know that it's a roller coaster, and um, hopefully that can in, inspire them more. I'm hoping, I really hope it doesn't <laughs> like put anyone down um, because maybe they'll think about you know if I if I get into media, if I get into radio, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be fixed, and I'm like, no, nah, that doesn't that doesn't fix you. Like what what you doing and what what who you are in terms of your talent doesn't fix you you fix you and as long as you can then you're gonna soar succeed in the best way possible how about you Paige? role Um, model i like to be the term real model i don't like to sugarcoat anything and say yeah i'm a role model and Mm -hmm. i'm perfect because i'm not perfect and we all make mistakes so i'd rather be a real model um but in terms of like certain things I show people, I don't show everyone all my life. So I am very aware of what I put out for people to see because I know I've got a lot of... Um, a, I've got a, a really young following as well. And I don't want them to see me doing like all these crazy things. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very aware of what I put out. But I do like to be seen as a real model, not a role model. That's nice answer. <laughs> so we've got any more questions? So, first of all, you're both doing amazing. Thank you. Um, Paige, I know you're from Hackney. I'm from Hackney as well. Okay, I know you've got, like, mutual friends. Yeah. (laughs) You don't say what part, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, what advice would you give to, like, young people from, like, Hackney? You know, like, inner city, sort of, those sort of, like, poverty-stricken areas. Um, Like, just in general, to anyone? Yeah, like, especially young people that are trying to come up, that sort of stuff. Like, musically, or just in the industry? Just generally. Yeah, do you know what? One thing I'll say about Hackney is there's so many opportunities. Like, there's just so much going on in Hackney, and I feel like growing up in Hackney, I did have a lot of opportunities. Like, you know Hackney Empire? Um, They do a lot of, like, projects and stuff, like, during the six weeks holidays and all, like, the school holidays. Um, Rising Tides, which is literally opposite it in the old Oceans building. They do a lot of projects for young people. I just feel like if you're from Hackney, you've got so many opportunities to not be on the street. We've got things from Youth Club um, in Pedro, which is in Lower Clapton. Um, All these adventure playgrounds. I just feel like you just need to be off the streets and just do something, something that will get you somewhere. And I always believe in just following your dream. And I feel like all these places are great 
places to start off just with communication skills in general mm. just learning yourself and yeah something to do something positive to do shall I say yeah. <laughs> that's good I think there was a question at the back somewhere bright lights are bright um shall I stand up or shall I yeah, yeah stand up stand up um when you was talking about um colorism me personally like I hate the topic of colorism so much I'm a dancing girl and I've been through so much in life because of the colour of my skin as well. But I've just come to a point where, because this is a podcast, I just want to say this because I know that there's going to be like young girls listening. And I feel like we seek validation from the wrong people. Yeah. Everyone doesn't need to accept us. Yeah. And everyone doesn't need to help us. And it's always a key person to help you. And I feel like that's one thing we need to stop doing is seeking validation. And like girls just need to know that just because of the colour of skin doesn't matter. If someone doesn't like you because you're dark skin, then that's fine. Yeah. Be happy with yourself. I'm not going to have sex with every man in the world, <laughs> OK? I'm going to settle down with one man, and that's fine. So I think just being content and, like, if a door closes because of your, your colour, keep going forward. Be creative. Think outside the box, and you will still make it. I don't believe that the colour of my skin is going to stop me from making it at all, and I know that I'm going to make it, and it's going to be a big testimony when I do. So I just want to encourage young people to just be confident. Love yourself. Love yourself. <laughs> thank thank you for that. that. It's definitely, um, definitely... You know, a good message. Lo- love yourself in your own skin, and I think that I think that as black women, that you're seeing that even more now because you know the natural hair care movements um, becoming even bigger, and people are being more prideful about their showcasing their own natural hair. I think you know people, you know, makeup's fine, but I feel like we're getting a bit more away from the whole contouring and not wanting to look like yeah, yourself. I think and also it's and um, the fact that we need more support from our own kind as well. And mm. like, I'm talking about black love in general, like within art, <laughs> with a, within our own representation, our black yeah. men need to love our black women and our black women need to love themselves. Our mixed race women need, like they, we, we need to be raised up. Like this is, I think this is why the discussion is happening. And I completely understand that it, it is a frustrating thing. So we need to look within ourselves that rep, rep the people who are, rep your queens and rep your kings and the people yeah. who are you. We are each other. Yes. No one cares of what's outside. Like, let's just look inside that we're cool. We, we've got a, a complete stable society and a world here. Yeah, we don't, we don't need them people out there. You're right. <laughs> and go ahead. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, Hi. I just want to say I think the show is amazing. The podcast is excellent. Um, I wanted to say, Paige, you touched on that there's a lot of things for, like, young people. Yeah. Um, so, say, for example, there's, you know, like, youth clubs and there's projects and stuff that people can go to. So what would you guys say, now you're older, what would you say there is for the older generation? Because I feel like when you get to a point where you're not 21, yeah. then that's it, you should be set. You should know yeah. what you're doing. And there's people that are probably try to just go down the working route yeah. and then when you get to a stage where you know yourself now or you know what you want to do yeah. the help's not available so what would you say is out there or ways that you might think you know that people in an older generation or like 25 plus can do <laughs> do you know uh, asking for a friend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well I mean on Fridays we can link up got you yeah. <laughs> <No. laughs> but no I, 
I totally get that. I feel like when you get of a certain age, it is hard to find things to do. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, don't, I can't even think of anything on the top of my head because I feel like everything is aimed at younger people. I feel like when you're about 18, maybe some places 21 plus, that's it. You're out, you're set, you've got your... But we haven't, that's the thing. And I feel like it is hard and... I am actually working on something right now. I might as well put it out there. I'm working on something for older women, which will be all sports, because I feel like a lot of women give up sports when they leave school because it's a, it's a taboo. Like, why are you doing sports? You're a big woman. Like, that's for, that's for boys. Why are you doing that? So that's something that I'm working on right now. So that kind of leads into, like, what you said. But honestly, I don't think there is a lot for mm. us when we finish school and college to do. I think um, there's, there's not nothing kind of majorly out there, but yeah. there are things if you look. So, like, BBC have BBC Writers' Room. So, if you're into writing, they put lots of opportunities up on there that you can see. If you're into TV, then the um, Guardian were a television festival. Um, they give opportunities to people to find out how to get into the television industry. Um, Music-wise, try and get, like, you know, you can try and get internships with different companies. Just because you're not 21 doesn't mean you can't, like, if you've, if you've got the time. Obviously, I know everyone's got keep the lights on and pay the bills mm-hmm. but um, the creative industry is it's frustrating it's one of those industries where you have to kind of pay your dues and you have to kind of work your way up the ladder so you have to make, meet those people make those networks so go to events like this but when you come to events like this don't just kind of sit there with your friends network and talk to people because yeah. even in this room I know there's people that are into music and that might know particular opportunities you know if there's people on social media that you see oh they've got a camera actually they're trying to kind of they're on their grind Actually, maybe I could reach out for them. Maybe they want to work with a presenter, or maybe they want to work with actress to build up their show reel. So I think it's, I think it's annoying, but it's just I think we just have to be more creative once you get to a certain age to kind of try and get out there and make things happen. But it's yeah. it's it's possible. Nothing's impossible. It's just about kind of changing the mindset of how we do things. So just hit me up because sometimes I hear about things as well, and and I try and kind of put it on my socials as well. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely say network. Mm. I hate that's that. major key. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do it. I, well, I hate that word, you know. But is like yeah, one of the best things. Yeah, to, and like you need to just put like the, sh- you know, sometimes you feel shame. You gotta just <laughs> put it on the back burner just for a little bit. <laughs> it's a bit hard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now like, yeah. we find it really difficult. Like, yeah. To be like, oh, to like go up to someone. Yeah, because yeah. it feels a bit false. Yeah. Not like, that you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like we'll go to events and stuff, and then we'll just be like, oh, yeah, but I guess that. That's the thing, though. It's um, it's when you go to these events. It's you know you're going together, so then you end up staying together. So even, set yourself a goal. Each yeah. event you go to, set yourself. Even if you just talk to one person and you and you meet that goal, next time you go to an event, you'd be like, okay, I did that. This way, it went fine. So yeah. let me try two people at this next event. Mm. And a tip is like, if you're in a room and you see like three people together talking. Go, instead of if you see four people and you see three people, be in go, go to the three people. Go to the group what of three. What are you three. talking about? Because um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because there's always one person in that group that probably feels like they're a bit left out of that conversation. Yeah, true. So so that's a tip when you're networking, and, and just you're all there for the same reason. So so if the if they're at a networking event, they're there to network. So it's one of the things that just kind of feel the fear and just do it anyway, like yeah. you were saying earlier. Yeah. So. Yeah, I put the shame just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing I'll say about that as well is um, something that somebody said to me ages ago was um, success isn't sponsored by excuses. Mm. Yeah? So, I like that. so for me, you've just got to, like, you have Google. Mm. 
Like, I had to pick up the Voice newspaper back in the day. I had to leave my house, go down to get the Voice newspaper. It came out once a week. <laughs> and just hope that there was something in there that I was interested in. Now you can just search your phone and ask that question online. Yeah. Ask that question online, because you're, you're, you're going to get a million answers. And, and for me, I think that has to be your first point of, um, um, of your first go-to. Ask that question to Google, and, and when you get those replies, then it's, what are you going to do about it? Because for me, not to be disrespectful, but the first thing that came to your mouth sounded like an excuse to me. And, and, and for me, ask that question to somewhere that where you're going to get the answer. Because I think sometimes people ask a question, and they're actually afraid of actually getting the answer, because now I have to go and do something. Do you know what I mean? So you can't fear the work because, you know, it's not about getting to the game. You can do that by yourself. Staying in the game, as these ladies will tell you, is a whole other thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So when you get the answer that you want, it's now the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because it will only be actions that can take you forward. Yeah? Cool. Next question. <laughs> I actually have a question because I want you got a lot to touch on it as well. Is money about finances. Mm. And um, um, it's kind of like a two-part question. What, what, what is, um, has money ever actually been a motivation of yours in the creative arts? And now that you've um, got to a place where you are making a, um, a decent income, how are you protecting yourself financially in terms of making investments, um, things like that? Because I think once we, once we get money, <sighs> what we said we was going to do when we got it kind of goes out the window. Yeah. So I, w- I would like you not to touch on finances once you get to where you want to be. Um. For me, I went from... Well, you know, I don't have to keep saying that, my florist. Um, <laughs> it's like, you may get it, Yasmin. Um, yeah, that was, that was so different. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is amazing. Like, I wasn't getting paid for this before. And I was... I, don't, I can't even remember what I was on. I think I was on, like, £6.40 an hour or something like that. And so to go from, from that, which, which was fine, and it paid my bills, and I had a little whip around, 13-year-old polo, which was nice, fine. Um, and I came here, and I'm not going to lie, my, my first job was at One Extra, obviously, and um, I did the weekend breakfast show. Mm. So it was just a Saturday and a Sunday. And those they wanted me to still be in Manchester to still have that whole I'm travelling, I'm up and down, I'm still a northern girl but kind of still keep my um, my identity I guess uh, and plus I couldn't afford to live down here yeah. on the wage that I was given at the time so I had to continue working my job and, and travelling yeah. I was bro- like I've never in my life and wow. I was at uni at the same time as well so I wasn't able to earn a lot because I was so busy studying. And I also was traveling down to London on the weekends. The trains aren't cheap, you know? Mm-hmm. I was holding on to that 16 to 25-year-old card <laughs> for time. For time. Until it got snapped right in front of my eyes. And then I had to pay for um, hotels because mm. I, I didn't know anyone here. There's no Airbnb then. <laughs> there was no Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> like so everything that I earned was leaving my account and I, I had nothing and then when I got given my five days a week flipping heck <laughs> flipping heck I moved here my first apartment that I bought was a rooftop um, penthouse apartment tell me why 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 yeah. why and I just I, uh, six months I was like nah um, 
you know, that, that first a lot of money, I really got excited by it. And at the same time as well, I feel like I was spending, spending, spending because I had no nothing here. So I mm. needed something to, to fill me and, uh, yeah, and fill yeah. the gap and keep me feeling like I was something. And I had that, it was a comfort. Yeah. Um, and and that, that probably happened for about two years until I thought, what am, I, what am I doing? I'm just, you just end up being on a hamster wheel of like rent, bills, food, clothes, rent, get it. And it's all, you would notice that you look at your bank account, it's the same every mm. single month. Why is it the same? I'm earning more. Yeah. Like, and I'm just forking it out every, here, there and everywhere. And I didn't manage it for a really, really long time. And then I started getting more and more money coming in. And I was like, hang on a minute, this can't happen. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm now earning more. And, and then I just decided I'm, in, I'm invested in property. And, and that, that, that was it. I need some kind of security. And I thought about investing into the industry. And then things were kind of like putting me off that in that aspect. And I just thought, no, because if that... If anything in the industry, if I decide one day I don't want to be in the industry, I need something else as a security. And my investment is in, in buying property now. So yeah, that's how I've finally managed it. And, 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 you know, I've got some really good advice from other people in the industry, people that have really hit rock bottom. And they're like, trust me, you don't want to be doing the spending thing. Mm. So, that's good. Yeah. What about you, Paige? I don't think music and acting didn't motivate me like I wasn't thinking about the money it was more of a hobby if that makes sense mm. I wanted to work with kids so when I got the opportunity and I saw the money that I could make then it drove me into right this is the career path that I want to do um, I did hit rock bottom at the beginning when I first came into the music industry um, and that was just because I was funding my own videos and stuff and I know the videos were pretty cheap I was paying like what, £50 for a video, but I didn't have no income, if that makes sense, because I quit my job to mm. do music. So yeah. My income was literally selling every single thing I had in my wardrobe on eBay to the point where I had, like, two outfits in Mm-mm. my wardrobe. Wow. Yeah, and, and they were both black outfits that looked like I was wearing the same every single day. <laughs> and, um, yeah, then the money started rolling in because it, it just started with someone messaging me, like, hi, I would love to book you for a show. I didn't know what, how much you should get paid for a booking, so I was just like, yeah, £50. Mm. So I started off <laughs> for £50, and then eventually I started to up my fee because I thought, wow, no, I'm worth more than this. Mm. So then I started to up my fee, and then I started to put more music out there. I then, um, YouTube, done this thing now um, where you monetize your videos and you get paid off YouTube. So I've done that to my YouTube channel, so I started getting um, paid off of that. Started putting my music on Spotify and... I think this is before Spotify, but yeah, I started putting my music on like iTunes and I started getting mm-hmm. paid off that. It wasn't a lot because not a lot of people were like downloading and buying my music, but I was getting enough to invest back into what I was doing. Um, every little acting job I got, I would always get a big amount of money, so I would mm. use that to fund my acting. I mean, not to fund my acting, to fund my music, like yeah. my videos, just getting nice clothes, paying for a makeup artist, um, travel, just things like that. It's got to be very wise, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, even today, I literally just invest in myself. So when I, uh, that's the best. Thing. I make money and I invest money and like, um, I get a lot of money from. I've probably got like more than ten incomes because I do Depop, I do eBay, I do, I charge people for jingles, I do, my music's on it, on um, iTunes, Spotify, all of that, YouTube, um, shows, acting, merchandise, 
um, advertisements on my Instagram and Snapchat. So I just, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. I haven't invested in properties yet because I'm not at this stage, but I'll be there soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe you will. But yeah, I would like to do that long term because I feel yeah. like you always need to have a backup plan and I would like to invest in something long term. So properties, a restaurant, just something like that, to be honest. I think it's, you, you can tell when people, when people in the industry have magpies and like you know you, you're attracted to something shiny it doesn't I like, I like my stuff to come across authentic as well like I'm not just gonna if you, if you offer me a massive check to support something that I've never even used before I just don't understand it I'm not just gonna go yeah okay I'll just put a hashtag ad on my Instagram like that is so obvious it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, like it's I don't know about you guys but they're so frustrating like yeah I ain't gonna buy your pretty little thing or your boohoo or your thing because I know you ain't like unless you're really loving it. Like, do you know what I mean? Or your perfume or your like. Don't sell me no cack. Um, and 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 just don't. You just got. I just think you just have to be authentic. You have to be like. Yeah. I'm. I'm very see through in what what I'm. If I'm wearing pretty little thing, it's because I damn well love this outfit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it looks good on me or this thing, you know what I mean? And I just think, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel when people ask me to promote stuff and they'll go like, oh, we pay you. And I'm like, I just feel mad uncomfortable. I mean, mm. like, I would rather promote something because I've used it and it's amazing. The amazing women that you have here tonight, like planting tiles, I put that all over my Instagram. <laughs> and, I will per- and I will purchase that. You don't even need to give me that for free. Um, yeah, I think it is very, it's very clear when people aren't. Yeah, being... not authentic. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being honest and authentic today Thanks. and joining me and sharing your magic. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. And thank you to you as well. Thank you to. Please give it up for the Queen of the Evening. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for another amazing show of the Black Magic Podcast. You know, you can listen to the podcast on ACAST, Apple Podcasts, and all the great podcast networks. Keep on tuning in and keep on sharing that magic. Thank you, guys. <laughs> And just to say as well, kind of thank you to Soho Music Month, Platform London, Black Magic Network, everybody um, unedited, everybody involved in making and Lush Studio, this amazing space, everybody making tonight happen. So thank you guys. No more.